Childproofing people's homes is hard, but Duracell is making it just a bit simpler. Not only are they committed to educating parents, caregivers, and medical professionals about the importance of battery safety, they also make the only lithium coin batteries with a non-toxic bitter coating to help discourage children from swallowing them. Duracell even features child-secure packaging designed to avoid accidental opening. Learn more at Duracell.com slash power safely, available on 2032, 2025, and 2016 sizes. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plans starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 4-14-24 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk Extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines. All on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit. A game-changing checking account with cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cash back isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And did I mention? There are no fees. Period. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank. Member FDIC. I love CBS. It could be my favorite store. Let me tell you why. It's hard to get a new look with old makeup. Did you know that beauty products have best buy dates? Take a look and toss them out. When you spring an hour forward this week, be sure to take the time to replace batteries and smoke detectors. Toss out old vitamins, allergy relief, OTC products, makeup, and anything else that might be outdated. CVS can help with this. This week, they're offering 20% off CVS pickup orders, so it's a great time to order replacements. It's all part of the CVS Spring Fling. Fling out the old, save on the new. Get 20% off when you buy online and pick up in store using CVS Pickup. Use the promo code SPRING20 to save big during the CVS Spring Fling. Visit cvs.com slash spring fling for details. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. This is Ben and Ashley I, Almost Famous, In-Depth. Well, as usual, In-Depths are Ashley and I's favorite uh, thing to do during the week. And this week, we have two people who really need no introduction. In fact, there isn't even an introduction to give because 
They are so known. They are so loved. They are beloved. They have been around Bachelor Nation for a bit. But that is not now what we want to talk to them about. We want to talk to them about their life post-Bachelor, what family's like, what they're up to, what they're doing. Sean and Catherine, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. We also want to talk about pre-Bachelor life. Uh, so we start out these in-depths basically by asking everyone just to describe their childhood in like two minutes. Oh, wow. That's yeah. A big thing to do. You you siblings, parents, <laughs> like what you were like in school, the shy kid, the popular kid. Yeah. Sean, I feel like you were the jock. I'll, I'll start. Uh, yeah, I guess I guess you could say I was the jock. Uh, raised by two amazing parents. I have an older sister, Shay. Um, raised in Irving, Texas, just outside of Dallas. It was it was a great idyllic upbringing. Um, we always talk about schools because we have kids are starting to get to the age of going to school and everything. I didn't go to the best school, but I think that helped me a lot. I, a lot of my best friends came from like single family homes and things like that. So I think it just gave me perspective, uh, which I really still appreciate to this day. And uh, yeah, I, I was always kind of the, the jock. Uh, also an academic, <laughs> I was on a roll too, but uh, ended up- Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Ended up uh, going to Kansas State on a on a football scholarship, and then I guess in my twenties, kind of bounced around jobs, and then the bachelor came knocking. We'll go to Catherine before I go about your post grad life, because I I remember wanting to talk about that because of your book, because I read your book five years ago. Ah, thanks, uh, uh, Catherine. So mine was probably the opposite of Sean Lowe's. I grew up in Seattle. I had two sisters. I have two sisters. And I grew up next door to five cousins, an uncle, an auntie, and a grandma. And I think that being so close to my family, it gave me a really cool perspective. And that's kind of what I want for our children, um, just to, to be around family and to, to prioritize. So yeah, I grew up in Seattle. I, I was a, a kid who liked to do everything. So I played football in sixth grade, but then I was a cheerleader in high school and I played soccer. And so I was super active and I really wanted to try everything. And then the States, well, I went to Washington state, go Cougs. And, and it was in the state, but uh, it was a opposite, completely opposite of Seattle and what um, just the environment was being able to understand a completely different way of life. These people were, um, you know, ag people and they just came from the opposite side. So it kind of helped me adapt to Dallas because Dallas is the complete opposite of Seattle. Um, and then yeah. after college, I came back to Seattle. I worked at Amazon as a graphic designer and I had a really normal, like happy, balanced um upbringing i think and then i went on the show which i didn't sign up for neither one of us signed up to go on the show because we were just so normal we didn't really think that that's like <laughs> what our life was gonna be and we weren't really interested i like i, I rode the bus and i wore birkenstocks and i <laughs> wasn't concerned at all about what people thought about me and so going on the show was like just surreal and so that's that's it <laughs> 
Do you ever get jealous um, that you are close to Sean's family in Texas and far and the kids get to be with them all the time and not with yours in Seattle? Because Jared and I plan on moving to his home state, and I wonder if I'll ever be like, but, you know, your parents get to see them all the time. <laughs> well, I mean, it's totally dependent on your situation. I absolutely love it. I feel like when we moved to Dallas – it was a really hard adjustment for me personally because it was 180, right? So mm -hmm. like everything was different. I didn't have like a stable um, situation where I was working and I was meeting people there. It was really, I was living his life. And so it was a really hard transition, but I knew that as long as my children were going to experience his family and how close they were, because I can emulate somewhat closer to what I grew up with his family because my family's dispersed. They're all over the world. Um, so I wouldn't, if I moved to Seattle, it wouldn't be the same thing that I gotcha. grew up in. It's closer to what we grow up or what my kids grow up in, in Dallas. So I absolutely love it. I consider his mom one of my best friends mm -hmm. and I, I couldn't imagine any better way that my kids could grow up. That's so nice. It's uh, I have a weird question for you guys. <laughs> okay, I've never it. asked this after talking about childhoods. Um, and we've, we've interviewed a few parents, but like, what does your childhood represent to you now as parents? Okay, and, and let me tell you where this is coming from. So for me, the older and older I get, my childhood is like more feels like a different, it's like a different life. I've forgotten a lot of things. I know there's things that I've kept with me. Does that even increase when you become parents? Like how much of time do you think back on like what brought you up to how you guide your kids today? I think, I think a lot of people will tell you as parents and as you get older, even if you're not parents, you kind of turn into your parents. So you realize the situation that you were put in as a kid. And it is this weird, like I, I grew up um, looking at my mom this way. I wonder if my kids look at me this way and am I creating that environment for them? And what will I not want to do? how I grew up. So I think there's a lot of comparing and I think it does transfer you back to your childhood, but in a very weird, different way. It's kind of like you're looking at yourself, in my opinion, like above and saying, okay, is this mm -hmm. kind of how you grew up and what do you want to shape your kids to be and, and guiding them in a different way or in the same way that, that your childhood brought you. So I, I look at it in as a really cool way, especially knowing that my kids are growing up with somebody who's who grew up very opposite of me so I'm trying to put in tidbits into their life um how I grew up but also take you get to kind of pick and choose how um your childhood shaped you and, and try to figure out how to shape your kids yeah I'd echo that I'm constantly thinking you know how did my parents handle this situation with me when I'm trying to handle that same situation with my kids um, and then my parents did a lot of wonderful things for me, which I, I want to pass those wonderful things on and create those same wonderful memories with my kids. So, yeah, I'm, I'm constantly thinking about my childhood. But then again, I had a, a great childhood to, to think back on. And I think you're also way more empathetic to your parents. Like my mom raised mm -hmm. three daughters on a teacher salary wow. with yeah. no partner um, for the majority of, you know, for I guess half of my childhood. So mm -hmm. like, I'm like mom and all the single moms out there that are working, I always say like, I'm so grateful that I have a partner in this. And I, I just kind of have a little bit more, a different perspective on that. And I'm, I'm grateful to have a partner, but I also feel like looking at other people's situations, I have um, more empathy. 
Sean, um, in your book, you talk about like having kind of been a little bit lost as to what to do with your life after graduation. I feel like so many people go through that with college, like those like 23, 24, 25. You're just like, what the heck am I doing for you? You didn't have football anymore. You're doing insurance sales, right? I did. I did a number of things. I've, I've always been like a serial entrepreneur. And so I started several different businesses. Some of them worked okay. Some of them failed miserably. And then my, the family business and my family is insurance. And so the one that failed miserably, I was like, I cannot take any more chances uh, being an entrepreneur. So I, I got into insurance, which I knew I was going to hate. And I got into it. And yes, I hated it as much as I thought I would. Um, and then the bachelor came calling. And, and luckily for me, post-bachelor opportunities arose that allowed me to kind of flex these entrepreneurial muscles that I always wanted to flex. Nice. Yeah. I mean, The Bachelor came at the right time for me too, so I get it. (laughs) I had a great mentor in my early 20s who told me, you have until the age of 32 to kind of figure it out. I I love thinking of that 10-year window during that time frame because when you're out of college, so many people don't know what they're going to do with their lives. And if you're like me, you know you want to do something kind of outside the box, but you don't know exactly what it is. You know you have these entrepreneurial urges. So I always encourage everyone, like, just go try things. Uh, you may like it, you may not, but go try things. You don't have to have one steady job when you're 24 years old. You've got time to figure it out. And then hopefully by the time you're 32, you've got it figured out and you have kind of a roadmap for the future. You know, you both have been involved in a lot post-bachelor. And then, you know, obviously you've had, um, you've had kids. My friends are starting to have kids. And there's a lot of listeners out there who have children. How do, then do you balance all of this? Because... I think with my buddies, they're in this constant balance of just trying to hold a job with, you know, three kids, four kids running around. If you are trying to flex those muscles, if you are trying to get involved in new opportunities and cool things, how do you find the balance between that and parenting? Oh, gosh. That's really hard. Well, yep. we, we are so fortunate. We are so blessed that we get to do things and try things with our, um, you know, also parenting our children. We have a really good balance. But for a lot of people out there, they don't have um the blessing to kind of try things out and see if they work so maybe like having a hobby on the side of your regular job would be really some like a good outlet mm-hmm. like i i have um a normal thing that we do but then i have a side business that really gets me excited and if that mm-hmm. thing that will turn into something bigger then maybe that'll be my main so that's kind of yeah and, and practically speaking we both work from home uh, we both have great business partners who are kind of boots on the ground type of people. And then we have a nanny that helps us out with the kids too. So we're seeing the kids a lot throughout the day. We're spending quality time with our kids every single day. Um, and then we have great partners who kind of provide support on the other end as well. Diaper duty. It's the adventure no one warns you about when you're expecting, right? Well, fear not. Pamper Swaddlers features a blowout barrier at the back waist that helps prevent up to 100% of leaks, even blowouts. Not only are Pamper Swaddlers total game changers, they have the hottest baby gift trend for 2024, the Pampers Diaper Stash, an online diaper fund where friends and family can contribute a group gift so that your diaper stockpile never runs out. I love this idea. Here's how it works. You create a diaper stash account, share it with your tribe, watch the stash grow, gift it to the parents, and voila. 
they use the stash funds to snag pampers, diapers, and wipes anywhere, anytime. It's not just a gift. It's a stash of joy. (laughs) Ensuring that those parents-to-be are stocked up without the guesswork. So whether you're a parent in the trenches or the ultimate gift guru, make 2024 the year of leak-free happiness. Pamper swaddlers and the diaper stash. Because parenting should be an extraordinary journey, not a messy one. As every parent knows, kids seem to be everywhere all at once. It's tough for even the most watchful mom and dads to protect their little ones from every single thing. Duracell understands that. That's why they're deeply committed to lithium coin battery safety. Lithium coin batteries power many important things around people's homes, including things that young children may have access to. So Duracell not only educates parents, caregivers, and medical professionals about the importance of lithium coin battery safety, but they also make the only lithium coin batteries with a non-toxic bitter coating to help discourage children from swallowing them. Even Duracell's packaging is child secure and designed to avoid accidental opening because they believe that their product should provide more than just power. They should also provide peace of mind. Learn more at Duracell.com slash power safely. Available on 2032, 2025, and 2016 sizes. Your whole life, you've been told that the enemy of eating well is giving into your cravings and indulging. But actually, your cravings are leading you right where you need to be. To Kali Power. <laughs> Kali Power is the brand that powers the foods that you crave with the ingredients you deserve so you can crave on. So if you're craving pizza, go ahead. Enjoy one of Kali Power's thin and crispy stone-fired cauliflower crust pizzas. Craving chicken tenders? Kali Power's chicken tenders are made with real all-natural white meat chicken and a crispy coating packed with cauliflower so you can get protein and veggies all in one bite. And that's not all. If you want to indulge in a big warm bowl of pasta, dig in with Kali Power's cauliflower-based pasta meals. Dinner has never been easier or more delicious. With Kali Power, all the foods you crave are made with the power of veggies. Gluten-free always, ready in minutes, and most importantly, they taste like the foods you crave. Kali Power's products are available in freezers nationwide. Visit eatcaulipower.com to find them in a store near you. Kali Power. Crave on. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a brand new Samsung A14 on them. Straight Talk Unlimited plans start at $25 a line per month for four lines. It'll save you so much you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Who wouldn't like a few extra bucks in their pocket? Try a new hobby, invest in materials, or classes for a hobby that you've been curious about, whether it's painting, cooking, or playing a musical instrument. Straight Talk is a great everyday value on wireless, plus it runs on the most reliable 5G network in America. So treat yourself to Straight Talk today. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 4-14-24. Wall supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended silver unlimited plan to qualify 
limit of five phones per customer, family plan discount with four lines, all in the silver unlimited plan, not combinable with auto pay discount. Straight Talk utilizes the network with the most first place rankings in the Rudimetrics 1H 2023 5G reliability assessments of 125 metros. Results may vary. Not an endorsement. Are you ready for an all-new season of Survivor? You better be because Survivor 46 is here and it's 90 minutes of twists and turns you don't want to miss. Better yet, after each episode, there's a brand new episode of On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. Each week, we go behind the scenes of the episode's biggest moments, taking you into the how and the why things happened. And this season, we're very lucky to be joined by an expert, the winner of Survivor 45, Devaya Darius. What is up? I'm thrilled to be joining this team and to be giving you my take on how and the why players made the moves they did, what it takes to outwit, outplay, and outlast, and to ask Jeff some questions because even after 26 days out there, there is still a lot for me to uncover. Bring it, D. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Ben, should we get into the Bachelor process right now? Yeah, you know, I I think this is all super intriguing for me because we have a a couple sitting in front of us who are terrific parents who came from a show that we get to talk about a lot. Now, I don't don't think we should sit on it for very long, Ash, but yeah, we got to dive in. Okay, so you both said you didn't sign yourself up for it. You were both nominated by other people. Uh, who nominated who? It was your sister, right, Sean? Yeah, my sister nominated me, and then her best friend nominated but, her. But explain to about Shay and Andrew. Well, I introduced right. my, my my sister is married to uh, one of my buddies that I play football with at K State, so I introduced them. So she felt like at that stage in my life she needed to return the favor, hoping by some miracle that the bachelor would work out, and here we are. <laughs> Isn't that incredible? Catherine, how'd your how'd your how'd your audition tape? Like, do you know what your audition tape looked like? Like, did she fill out the questionnaire perfectly? So, when I, did you find out? I don't actually know. I've never seen like what she did. I just remember her calling me, and I was dating someone at the time, and she did. My best friend did not like the guy I was dating. She was like, I think it, Ashley and JP had just wrapped up, and she was like, Oh, I want you to find your JP. And so she put, she's married. She knew, she knew that I like to say yes to things because it's so mm-hmm. fun and I want a story. Mm-hmm. And so she put my picture up and some little tidbits. And she called me one night and was like, So what picture should I put up? And what, oh, I'm going to write this. And I was like, totally disregarding what she was saying. She was being completely crazy in that moment. Um, and I just told her, like, that's not my thing. Like, I don't want to get drunk. I don't want to wear a bikini. I don't want to court up some guy. I'm happy in my life. And so then three months later, I get a call and I'm super flattered. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, these people actually called me. And um, I was like, well, what can an email hurt, right? So I call the guy up that I was dating still. And I told him, hey, you know, the bachelor just called me. How stupid is that? Like, how crazy and how ridiculous. And I was really being negative about it. But I was still like very flattered that they would call me. And he was like, oh, you should do it. So, <laughs> That's what the guy you were dating said? <laughs> I was like, okay, you obviously don't want to be with me anymore. And so I think that was like one of the last conversations I ever had with him was like, if you really think that that is what I want for my life is to like be 
a celebrity when like I literally am living the complete opposite mm -hmm. life, very content in it. I was like, we're obviously not aligned in this. So we, I, I, I what I remember, we broke up like literally that day. Um, cause it just didn't make any sense if you wanted me to go find the prince and go marry him when I was dating somebody. So I think it's a really funny way to be, um, like thrown into the bachelor. I should write That's the guy. Amazing. Thank you. Yeah. No, you should. <laughs> Absolutely. Catherine, do you uh, feel like you found a prince? Oh yeah. I mean, Some, like, Sunday. Yeah. Most, <laughs> someday I did in the time. No, I'm kidding. Uh, no, he is. Literally, I remember seeing him on Emily's season and thinking, like, that is a specimen that I've never <laughs> seen before. Not, and not just that he was very attractive to me. He was, like, a nice family guy. He seemed very respectful um, to other people. And it completely came true when I met him. Like, I knew seeing him behind the scenes and having those camera times where you really aren't, you're very limited. Um, I witnessed him like being so respectful of the, the crew and knowing their names and taking the time to actually talk to them. And I knew that when he did that and the cameras were down, that he was a genuinely nice man who I was, I knew that I was signing up and I was continuing this very weird um, situation to meet him and to be with him and to court him. Catherine, I love that you're just like, I love your like flirting style and it, I was reminded of it through that goat episode that aired a couple months ago because you just like look at Sean you're like you are the most wonderful beautiful thing I've ever seen in my entire life and I do the same thing to Jared like every day I like hold his face and I'm like do you know that you're a prince you're so beautiful inside and out like it just doesn't get old and I love that you still act the exact same way that's awesome I could see that we parallel each other sometimes yeah yeah, mm. yeah, absolutely. And I, I didn't get to like kind of see that your first time around. Actually, your first time around, I feel like you were such a dark horse that we didn't get to. Well, we certainly, I feel like, didn't get to know enough about you. And when we watched the GOAT episode back, I love the way that they highlighted you the way that I feel like they should have the entire season. How do you feel about, like, I think seriously being the probably the darkest horse winner of all bachelor history. Well, thank you. I mean, I, I think I was because I really was like, I didn't consider myself mm -hmm. a contender for probably the four, first four weeks. I was, uh, I did not all was looking at me. Um, I knew that on paper, we didn't really seem like we'd be a match. And I looked at him like he was super hot and someone who could never look at me like, just that guy in high school, it's like everybody likes him and he doesn't see you. And I mm -hmm. kind of felt like that for the majority of my life. Same. So seeing him, I didn't really like think, oh, he's looking at me. Like, I know I'm here. Mm -hmm. I'm probably checking the box of the diversity and I'm okay with that. Like I'm having a blast. Like he's hot. He's like talking to me <laughs> and we're going to cool places. So I really counted myself out for those first four weeks. And then when he thought I had friend zoned him and we actually shared our first kiss, I still felt those butterflies. And I also took a lot of the things that he said with a grain of salt. I knew he was talking to other girls the same way. So I kind of still kept a conservative watch on our relationship and knowing my feelings could escape me 
So I kind of tried to rein him in. And so I think that most of this, the show was me really not thinking that it was a serious thing. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like looking at him as if he's my crush, but really yeah. nothing more because I don't think he sees me that way. Catherine, I want to highlight something you just said there, uh, because I think a lot of our listeners feel this way. Uh, including myself. So you live most most of your life being the person that like would look in high school. You said you felt like the outsider to Sean. You felt like you were watching him. You didn't think he was ever going (laughs) to, you know, commit to you and like see you in the same way that you saw him. So if we jump up a little bit to the moment that he did say, Hey, Catherine, like you're it, you know, I love you. Let's make this thing happen. Has, has those insecurities left you? At that moment, did you still have to work through those uh, or are they still lasting today a bit? Um, I think it's evened out. And I also know that throughout um, the the series or the season, I knew that I had a lot to offer, but I didn't think it was in like the, the appearance wise, right? So like I knew that I was dealing with models. Like these girls on our season and all the seasons are beautiful. They're stunning. They could be models. And so in the sense of my appearance, I never felt super confident. And still to this day, it's lingering. I think a lot of girls have um, insecurities in that way still. But I think I, I offered a lot in another way. And I think when we were having these serious talks, I knew what I brought to the table. And if he saw me and he was attracted to me, then I knew that I could really add a different element to it and not just be like, Oh, I'm the, I'm hot and look at me and all this. I knew that when we had conversations and he said, Oh, I'm attracted to you. I could really talk about other things. And so we felt, I felt like an an equal ish to him. I felt more in line with him when he proposed. And I also knew that he was so serious about his words and he had such conviction in the way that he felt that he wouldn't have proposed to me if he wasn't completely serious. Um, so I just knew that about him and I felt very validated in my appearance through him. And I just think that we were a really, really good match, um, in, in, in every other way. Sean, she talks so much about how, you know, she felt like she was just like part of the crowd. When did you really start noticing her? Well, I knew from, from night one, she had this contagious energy, uh, you know, just so bubbly and cute and like. She was just one of those people, you can't put your finger on it, but you know you just want to be around them. That's how I felt on night one. And so I knew I wanted to get to know her. And then later on in that evening on, on night one, she did this little ice cream thing where she could determine my personality by the, the ice cream I choose. <laughs> I just, I thought all of that was really cute. That. And I loved her playfulness. Um, as far as like really picturing myself spending the rest of my life with her, Oh, gosh. Our first one-on-one in Canada was pretty epic. And, like, I had some serious feelings. And I think, you know, I think when you're the lead on the show and you have 25 or 26 women, um, the first half of it is just spent like, wow, like, this is overwhelming. And you're traveling and you're doing this and that. And you're not really thinking about long-term, you know, could I possibly marry one of these women? For me, I wasn't. I was thinking, wow, this is amazing. We're having a great time. We're traveling the world. Uh, but once we spent that quality time together in Canada, and then we, we were able to spend a little time off camera as well, um, that's probably when the thoughts of, like, I could really see myself with this girl forever started. 
whenever I kind of admit to not going on the show for the right reasons, I always say, Sean Lowe didn't go on the show for the right reasons. He admits it. Can you explain that? I mean, I looked at the show. So when the casting director first called me, I didn't know, I didn't know my sister had submitted the, uh, the application. And I politely told her, like, no, thank you, because I would never take part in a cheesy show like The Bachelor. And I had this <laughs> idea of any guy that would go on a reality show like The Bachelor must be a giant douchebag, because that's not me. <laughs> and then before I hung up the phone, she was like, well, just, you know, think about it, because at the very least, it could be a free vacation. So I was working at the time I hated. Go casting! Go casting! <laughs> I, go, I go the following day to the job that I hated, you know, and I thought, well, a free vacation would be pretty cool. <laughs> And so I totally did it for the vacation. I did it for the experience. I just thought, you know, once in a lifetime type of thing. When I'm 50 years old, I can say I took part in this stupid reality TV show and got to travel the world, hopefully. Um, yeah, never imagining it would lead to a wife and <laughs> three kids. The but, Sean you know, let me add to that <laughs> while I'm thinking of it. The people who go on the show that are convinced they're going to- Are crazy. <laughs> They're nuts. Yes. Absolutely nuts. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I say. Sean, there's there's something else that I've always I've always wanted to bring up to you. I think you changed The Bachelor in many ways, uh, and I don't think there's one negative to how you changed the Bachelor process, but there's one that I've always that's always stood out to me. I remember watching your season, and there is this really controversial opening scene that really highlighted who you were as The Bachelor, and it was just your abs. And, <laughs> and it, you're right. This may have been the turning point. It was the turning point. And like, this yeah. is the biggest negative to me because now every single person that comes on this show, their abs are highlighted. Like every single dude has that shot. They never had that shot with me. There's not one time in my whole season that they did a slow-mo from my feet to my head. And if they did, nobody was like, Oh, Holy cow. <laughs> Sean, watching that back as a man who was a family man, who didn't go on this show thinking that you know may, you would find love? That kind of thought, hey, this could be fun, and then you have to watch a slow mo of your body being highlighted on national television. How yeah. does that feel? It's embarrassing. It is. Oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Documenting the hottest hour there's, of your life. Are you kidding me? Here's the thing. I went onto that show with this like happy-go-lucky, let's just have fun with it attitude. And as you know, Ben, you become friends with the producers. And so the producers are like, hey, let's get a shot of you taking a shower. Yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> yeah. So ridiculous and over the top. And I wish, if, if I had filmed it today, I probably would have said, yeah, can we not do that? Can I throw on a shirt? But uh, for whatever reason, I just went with it. I was like, yeah, these are my buddies. They say it's gonna be harmless and fun, let's do it. Yeah, yeah, it, it has changed the show forever. I, I think that that shot has now been highlighted every single time since then, other than one season, and that's season 20. Um, hey, before we get into life now, because I know there's a lot of cool things going on, uh, I, I would love to spend a second uh, talking about now advice coming as a, as a couple that is known that is loved that has came from the show what advice do you have for your like for anybody listening that's in a relationship that tries to make this work uh, have you been do you have anything special to share well I think that the I think that society really um, shines like a negative light on and like makes it fun like I was watching friends and their whole show is about failed relationships. 
because of things that don't matter, right? So like, oh, she talks too fast. You're like, oh, never mind. I'm not going to marry that person. I think that you take away the non-negotiables and that if that's what you're left with, you can deal with the other stuff. And I think a lot of people are willing to give up something that could be great for things that don't matter. Um, and I know that, you know, Sean and I are completely opposite people. And there's a lot of things that he could say, he could say about me, I don't want to be with you because you're messy. Well, how ridiculous does that sound? So like, I'm not perfect. Why would I put those expectations on a partner who could bring so much joy and um, challenge into my life and grow me spiritually and, um, you know, just be that partner for you. So I, my advice would be kind of know that you're not a perfect person and don't put those expectations on your partner. Solid advice. Uh, as for me, I would say, and I'm kind of echoing what she said, but if you're going to rely on, a, on an emotion, like I feel like I'm in love with this person, that will fail you because you're not going to feel like you love that person every day. Like marriage is hard. Relationships are hard. So you have to actively work and contribute to the relationship. And I have to look at Catherine and realize like she has these needs over here that she really wants me to fill as her husband. And those don't come naturally to me. So I have to step out of my comfort zone and do what makes her happy. Um, and I think that's so important, but so many times we get caught up in our emotions and life is all about emotions. Well, I mean, you cannot be married for 50 years and just rely on that feeling of love. And then she also spoke on the spiritual component. I mean, for us, we know that we have a God that loves us. We know that we have a God that cares for us and is, is guiding us. And, and that's our rock. So for those of you who maybe don't know that feeling, I, I certainly encourage you to check it out. No offense to Ben here, but Sean, why do you think you're the only bachelor who ended up with the girl that he chose in the end? <laughs> I, oh, yeah. son of a <laughs> no, no offense to Ben, of course. Uh, um, I, you know, when people talk about the low success rate of the bachelor, I always come back with the it low is, pun intended. Yeah, I, I, think it is, I think the success rate is crazy high giving these circuits. It is. That you're yeah. thrown into and then the expectation of making it work post bachelor when you're being pulled in a million different directions most likely you don't live in the same city you know some person has to leave their family and their job and their friends behind like it is against you Everything it is, is you. so incredibly difficult so the fact that how many people are married four or five whatever oh, there's a lot of girls that's, that's more than that that's from the main show. To me. Yeah. and I, I give all the credit to Catherine because she was the person that left all of that stuff behind Mm -hmm. And uh, she's, she's amazing. I think I just got really lucky. No, I, well, I, I disagree, but. <laughs> Stop that. No, I'm, I'm saying because the men have a harder time for multiple reasons. For, for, for many. Times. Oh, yes. I agree with you on well, this. The, the bachelorette success rate makes way more sense to me. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I feel like if he's going to give me credit, I got to give him credit because he could have easily said, never mind, bye, I'm out, hot girl over here in L.A., that, you know, I don't know you that well. Like, we didn't know each other very well. He didn't have to stay with me. Mm -hmm. um, so, again, it's that working hard for something that we know could be great. Um, and we both we both did that. Just to backtrack a little bit and get into that season, Sean, how did the producers not exploit the fact that you were a born-again virgin? <laughs> oh, God. You know, honestly, <laughs> they never 
asked me they about never it. asked they never asked one time and uh, yeah yeah they knew i was a christian and they they knew i definitely had like grounded firm beliefs but they never once asked me about it i don't think it was until after the show someone must have known i was a christian and, and asked me something related to, to sex and i answered it honestly and then just that's all anyone could talk about so yeah, um, I'm probably Colton probably has me to blame for his whole season being focused on that because it's kind of annoying. <laughs> it was at the time anyway. Oh, I, I know <laughs> from my experience <laughs> as well. Uh, um, and then Catherine, if you didn't think that you were the one for so long during the filming, who did you think he was going to pick? Oh, Leslie. Really? I thought Leslie because they are very similar. And I want to, I'm Leslie and I are very close. And yeah. so I was kind of matching him up to who I thought um, he would like. Blonde, hot, um, nice, has a really good family upbringing. She likes sports. So I kind of put them like together. Like obviously they would make sense. And so I had, it's, it's actually kind of embarrassing. There's a, there's a part where she leaves, where he, he asked her to leave. And I, everything about my um, perspective on this whole process was shattered. I was like, if he doesn't like her, how could he like me? Because I totally thought that they were a complete match. And um, once that happened, I thought, okay, if she hadn't left, I bet I would have ruled myself out and I probably would have sabotaged, sabotaged myself and not been for real. And so we talk about, Leslie and I talk about that. Like if she didn't leave, I probably would not have been the one. I don't know. Are you giving her lots of mommy advice now? I love her. And I, I mean, if she asks me, I will absolutely give it to her. But she's such a loving person. She has a wonderful family. Um, so I'm, she knows I'm here for her. Hmm. Yeah, we got to know her on Winter Games. And then Leslie actually came to Honduras with me uh, a few years ago. So I got to spend a whole like week with her there. She's uh, an incredible human. Yes. Uh, okay, to close up this chapter then, Sean, uh, why did you want to make it work with Catherine? With all the distractions going on around you, you're off The Bachelor at this point. Uh, this is the secret sauce that I think everybody wants to know on why relationships sometimes don't work from this show. What made you say, no, I'm in this for the long haul? Oh, man, that's a big question. I would say, one, like me falling in love with her on the show was very real. Yes, there were a lot of things I didn't know about her because you spent a limited amount of time together. But the feeling of love was real. I knew there was something very special about this woman. And I knew that I just wanted that, needed that in my life forever. And uh, yeah, it just came down to commitment at the end. And I made a lot of dumb choices that harmed our relationship. Dancing with the Stars being a big one. You know, we just got engaged. We're finally able to go out in public. And then I spend every day, 12 hours a day dancing, like just not a smart decision. Um, but I just wanted to make it work. And uh, I, like I said, I give her most of the credit because she's been incredible throughout everything. But not just... throughout the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a steady, incredible we, game. We definitely had our share. Be for real. Be for real. We had our I share of ups definitely. and downs in the beginning no doubt about it as anyone will uh in those circumstances but uh no i just i never wanted to let her go ever it was the i mean it was one of the big reasons that your relationship was one of the big reasons i didn't do dancing with the stars because you talked about how difficult it was now granted it still didn't work out but that's you know <laughs> the, uh, it's, still, yeah. it's still a good call though i mean it's, it it's was, unfair to the woman yeah uh, 
Catherine was so excited just to be public and uh, hold your hand. That's all I just wanted to hold his hand. That's all mm. I wanted. Yeah, because you're in hiding for so long, and finally we're in public. And then I just, you know, I, I'm, I'm gonna. My defense is ignorance. I didn't know what I was getting <laughs> myself into. I didn't know the time commitments, but. Uh, yeah, looking back at it, it was super unfair to her. Well, and it's an was exciting time. Like, it's a fun time. Like, Sean, you're getting opportunities thrown at you that you, you know, a year before that would have never even imagined ever having come your way. Well, and yeah, that, that was exactly my mentality because I'm still thinking, just like on The Bachelor, hey, once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And I still see myself mm. as this guy that was working this job that sucks. And then you have <laughs> Dancing with the Stars saying, hey, come do something absolutely ridiculous, and we'll pay you a lot of money to do yeah. it. Of course, yeah. no brainer. Mm. But I didn't really consider uh, her feelings or how it would all play out. Were you telling him not to do it, or did you think it would no. be fine? Yeah, I think I think I had a my insecurities tap back in. Like, who's your partner, and you're spending mm. how many hours with someone that's like very attractive, and you're doing sensual things? Like, mm-hmm. wait, what? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think again, both of us were naive to the fact that it took way more time than. Um, than what was proposed, I guess. And she stole my dancing, and she saw that there was nothing <laughs> sensual about it. So. That was another worry. <laughs> that, was another worry. <laughs> that was another worry. Yeah. yeah, you guys weren't married yet. That's hilarious. That was a concern. Well, hey, I think I speak on behalf of all of Bachelor Nation and saying that we're glad you guys made it through. Your story is one to be admired. Now, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we want to talk about life now, what you're up to, what you're doing, what the kids are up to. Uh, We'll come back on the In-Depth Podcast with Sean and Catherine. Diaper duty. It's the adventure no one warns you about when you're expecting, right? Well, fear not. Pamper Swaddlers features a blowout barrier at the back waist that helps prevent up to 100% of leaks, even blowouts. Not only are Pamper Swaddlers total game changers, they have the hottest baby gift trend for 2024, the Pampers Diaper Stash, an online diaper fund where friends and family can contribute a group gift so that your diaper stockpile never runs out. I love this idea. Here's how it works. You create a diaper stash account, share it with your tribe, watch the stash grow, gift it to the parents, and voila. They use the stash funds to snag Pampers diapers and wipes anywhere, anytime. It's not just a gift. It's a stash of joy. (laughs) Ensuring that those parents-to-be are stocked up without the guesswork. So whether you're a parent in the trenches or the ultimate gift guru, Make 2024 the year of leak-free happiness. Pamper Swaddlers and the Diaper Stash. Because parenting should be an extraordinary journey, not a messy one. As every parent knows, kids seem to be everywhere all at once. It's tough for even the most watchful mom and dads to protect their little ones from every single thing. Duracell understands that. That's why they're deeply committed to lithium coin battery safety. Lithium coin batteries power many important things around people's homes, including things that young children may have access to. So Duracell not only educates parents, caregivers, and medical professionals about the importance of lithium coin battery safety, but they also make the only lithium coin batteries with a non-toxic bitter coating to help discourage children from swallowing them. 
Even Duracell's packaging is child secure and designed to avoid accidental opening because they believe that their product should provide more than just power. They should also provide peace of mind. Learn more at Duracell.com slash power safely available on 2032, 2025 and 2016 sizes. Your whole life, you've been told that the enemy of eating well is giving into your cravings and indulging, but actually your cravings are leading you right where you need to be. To Collie Power. <laughs> Collie Power is the brand that powers the foods that you crave with the ingredients you deserve so you can crave on. So if you're craving pizza, go ahead. Enjoy one of Collie Power's thin and crispy stone-fired cauliflower crust pizzas. Craving chicken tenders? Collie Power's chicken tenders are made with real all-natural white meat chicken and a crispy coating packed with cauliflower so you can get protein and veggies all in one bite. And that's not all. If you want to indulge in a big warm bowl of pasta, dig in with Collie Power's cauliflower-based pasta meals. Dinner has never been easier or more delicious. With Collie Power, all the foods you crave are made with the power of veggies. Gluten-free always, ready in minutes, and most importantly, they taste like the foods you crave. Collie Power's products are available in freezers nationwide. Visit eatcaulipower.com to find them in a store near you. Collie Power. Crave on. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a brand new Samsung A14 on them. Straight Talk Unlimited plans start at $25 a line per month for four lines. It'll save you so much you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Who wouldn't like a few extra bucks in their pocket? Try a new hobby, invest in materials, or classes for a hobby that you've been curious about, whether it's painting, cooking, or playing a musical instrument. Straight Talk is a great everyday value on wireless, plus it runs on the most reliable 5G network in America. So treat yourself to Straight Talk today. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 4-14-24. Wall supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a straight talk extended silver. Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines. All in the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. Straight talk utilizes the network with the most first place rankings in the Rudimetrics 1H 2023 5G reliability assessments of 125 metros. Results may vary. Not an endorsement. Are you ready for an all-new season of Survivor? You better be because Survivor 46 is here and it's 90 minutes of twists and turns you don't want to miss. Better yet, after each episode, there's a brand new episode of On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. Each week, we go behind the scenes of the episode's biggest moments, taking you into the how and the why things happened. And this season, we're very lucky to be joined by an expert, the winner of Survivor 45, Devaya Daris. What is up? I'm thrilled to be joining this team and to be giving you my take on how and the why players made the moves they did, what it takes to outwit, outplay, and outlast, and to ask Jeff some questions because... Even after 26 days out there, there is still a lot for me to uncover. Bring it, D. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. 
So would you guys say that Dancing with the Stars, that period of your relationship was the most difficult? I think there was two parts of it. It was that, and then we got over that hump. And then literally right after the show ended and we could be ourselves, it was amazing. Cause that's when our relationship really could start. We, we you know, we watched Breaking Bad until two in the morning and had Thai food and would wake up whenever we want. I mean, it was awesome. That's exactly what we wanted, but it took so long to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the first year of marriage was really, really hard for us. Just there's so many factors that are, that are thrown at us. So I think those two were super challenging. So you guys were on wife swap and marriage boot camp early on in your relationship. Now I know by reading fan comments that they love to think that those issues and that are highlighted on those shows are real issues, but those shows, in my opinion, are so produced and so toxic to a relationship. Um, how do you guys think back on those times and, and those decisions horribly? And like, I always like to use that as the perfect example when people ask me, like, is The Bachelor real? Like, how manipulated are you on The Bachelor? I'm like, The Bachelor is like the most authentic reality show there is because there are other reality shows like those two yeah. that that just they're not real. They're just not. They're just clownish. Well, yeah. we. I think that they were hard for different reasons. I think that marriage boot camp would actually made us as a couple stronger um, and spiritually because we were very connected in that moment. Like, wow, it's us, and then it's like everybody else. Yeah, okay. And then a wife swap. I mean, it was just ridiculous. I, I, I don't iron his underwear. I don't ever <laughs> iron anything light. I mean, it's just ridiculous. It was. It I was mean, a, but it was a challenge for other reasons. If we're being one hundred percent honest, it was a money grab. Like, of course. Hey, shoot this for a week, and we'll pay you a big check. Like, and we got to do it with Jason and Molly, and we felt comfortable. But yeah. like after those two, because they were stacked, like right back to back. Um, after that, we're like, we are being more discerning. This is not okay. Like, this does not very health like healthy at all i was in like i had a very bad eating thing at marriage boot camp because i was so stressed out constantly like i lost so much weight because it just was and it was not that show was a circus so bad and like we we ended up having friends from it but like it was two weeks living in a house and being completely uncomfortable Mm -hmm. um Jared and I were sort of like, they were kind of asked us to do it last year. It was never a firm offer, um, but they did give us a number. <laughs> and we were just like, can we respond to every fan that DMs us or yeah. tweets us about this show? Just, I did it for the money. We did it for the money. You would have done it for the money. <laughs> well, it's also for the cast that you get. So like, um, Ryan and- Trista. Trista and Ryan did it and they had a wonderful cast. And those people, seemed more aligned with them the people that we went on with oh, it, it just were, it wasn't the nuts. same as us it just wasn't something that we could really relate to so it was it was definitely more of a challenge for us is it as much of a challenge as parenthood <laughs> no no that one because there's love in it it's <laughs> like you can see the the fruits of your labor like truly you're, you see this ch- child who's trying to speak and who's giving you a kiss and waking up with i love you mommy like all of this hard stuff is worth it with kids. <laughs> yeah, parenthood is is absolutely crazy. And a lot of times you just want to drive your car off the cliff. But <laughs> at the end of the day, you kind of love the kids. So it's, it's all worth it. 
Sean, you did a post on Instagram recently and it made me laugh because it's something that Jared and I talk about all the time. You said that you love, you know, Ellie the dog and your daughter equally um, because that's how you should treat your children. You spoke to <laughs> Ashley. <laughs> well, it spoke to me because we like really are confused how we're going to love something more than our dog. And this happens apparently. Every, so I've, I have Ellie and then we had a boxer that we lost a few years ago. My dogs were my life for so long. And everyone said, as soon as you have kids, your dog's going to take a back seat. Yeah. I thought in my head, that's not true. And you know what? I had kids and they were all liars because it's not true. (laughs) Ellie hasn't taken a back seat for nobody. Good. Good. I love that dog. And I give her more affection now just because I feel guilty that I brought three other animals in this house. It's a... this is this is the best. So uh, in your relationship then as parents, who plays bad cop, who plays good cop? I'm mm-hmm. probably more bad cop. Yeah, I'll dish it out every once in a while, but she's primarily yeah. bad cop. I'm way stricter. And he what's funny is I think it was like the second day in our engagement. Um, we're in Thailand and we're with the producers and we're just trying to be normal and talk about things like I wasn't able to talk about wedding and marriage and kids until I knew that he like actually felt the same way about me. So I didn't mm-hmm. act crazy. But um, I think it was the second day and he said, you know that you're gonna be the disciplinarian, right? And I thought, one, like I was still had that, actually I still had that really weird, like, oh my gosh, this guy is like looking at me. Um, feeling, <laughs> and he's um, telling me he's gonna be, I'm gonna be the disciplinarian one day? <laughs> yeah, like I was so excited. I was like curved it a little bit, like, okay, but I knew I would be the disciplinarian because he mm-hmm. just kind of wanted to be the fun, like, oh, I want my kids to just like come up and hug me and be so happy to see me and all these things. And I knew that I would be have to be the strict man. And that's kind of how it's gone for the most part. But he, he does his, his share. The uh, parenthood has to be weird. I mean, I can't imagine the life, like the seasons of life that you guys have been in the last 10 years is something that I don't know if anybody can relate with. How much of The Bachelor still influences your life today? A lot. Oh. Well, I, I would say it. <laughs> I would only say a lot because The Bachelor kind of evolved into this weird Instagram world oh, we're yeah. into, which we're still very active doing that stuff. And so the people that watched us on TV eight years ago are still kind of following along with our lives today via Instagram. So I'd say a lot. Yeah. And we, lo- I mean, we love that. And you guys both know you guys were loved by, and like, you can see how people really want to support you. And so we've been blessed with the most amazing, supportive, motivating, uh, genuinely loving um, people that witness us. And we also have some level of discernment there too. What do we want to share? What seems like something that uh, would not be okay to share for all these reasons, because we respect them. And it's been genuine, obviously like everything that we do, um has been very authentic to us and uh, but some obviously outliers like those shows mm-hmm. uh what can you talk to me about like the first year of parenthood and how that is a strain on a couple's marriage i think it brought us closer yeah. or did it bring you closer okay because i experienced two different things based on two different couples whenever i asked my parents they're like it was the best year of our marriage yeah i think it brought us closer when it was just the two of us in a house, both working from home, she focused all her energy on me. Oh, I was good, obsessed. Good or bad. <laughs> and upset, yeah. So, when we brought Daniel into the picture, um, I don't know. I, I, it was really cool to witness her as a mom and to see all this love that she 
that she showed me, she shows even more so to our children. And I love to witness that as, as her husband and as their father. But um, yeah, I, I, I don't think it was all that hard yeah, for us. Yeah, I don't us. think so. I, I think good. we managed it pretty well. And we like to, we're, we're not type A people at all. And I think mm -hmm. that the type A people might have had a harder time because you bring your experiences into parenthood and you bring your traditions and the way that you, like I wanted to do cloth diapers. And he was like, what is, like, why would you do that? And like- Why would of, you do that? <laughs> you, you wouldn't. So anyways, I digress. There's, there are lots of things that you can bring in that could hurt um, if you're degrading the other person. Like, oh, why would you, you're like continually saying, well, I wouldn't do it like that. But mm -hmm. for us, we didn't really have like a specific way we wanted to do everything and routine, all the stuff. We were really experiencing it together, which was super exciting. And we were, we didn't know what we were doing. And so it was really exciting for us to, to go through everything. And we felt everything and we were present and we said like, this sucks together, but we were saying this is great together. So I think it was just a really fun time for us. And it still continued to be because we are best friends. We work really well together. Um, and we we're just great partners, I think. Yeah. Yep. That's awesome. Something else you're a great team at, great partners at, is your Nutrisystem plan. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about, about the eating plan that you guys have? Yeah. So I feel like for the last four years, five years, really, I've been pregnant and had babies. Like it's just been a nonstop cycle of I'm, I'm now done breastfeeding. Oh, I'm pregnant again. Like it's just a constant. So like my body has gone through it. And after like seven months of having a baby, I like Mia, the last baby, it was just like, I'm too comfortable and quarantine and all these things. I'm like, I need to lose my weight so that I could feel more confident. I could be more present with my kids and not have the insecurities that I do. So like Nutrisystem has this really good plan. It's a partner plan that Sean, Sean's always been a really good partner to me and with eating, with working out, with parenting, everything. So it felt super natural to have him be my accountability partner in in my Nutrisystem plan because he knew that I wasn't feeling comfortable. So mm -hmm. I've, lost, I've lost six pounds with literally doing nothing for the last month of just eating Nutrisystem and feeling really good about their meals. And cause my issue is forgetting to eat and then gorging. And like, because yeah. I wanna make a meal and I wanna make a big thing about it, but I don't have the time. Mm -hmm. So it's super, super easy for me to just go and grab a Nutrisystem. Like, meal or shake or snack and have my metabolism not go down the crapper. So yeah. it's been, it's been well a said. really, really good meal plan for me because of the life stage that I'm in and having a partner that's wanting to, um, do it with me. And we just talk about the meals together. It's really fun. Cause I'm like, Oh, what did you like? I'll order it for you again. And it's something that where I don't feel alone in it. Mm -hmm. What, uh, <laughs> And I'm a dude. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a dude who doesn't like cooking. So it's really easy to pop. <laughs> and it's also nice because like, as a girl, like, I don't know if, if Sean's like this, Catherine, but I'll be like, Jared, what, what do you want for dinner? He'll be like, I don't care. I'm good with anything. I'm like, right, is there something specific that you're craving? Nah, whatever you want. Yeah. It's like, okay. So just, just stick it in the microwave. You, you deal. Yeah, Nutrisystem's great. I gained like 20 pounds during the first few months of COVID and finally I just reached a point where I was like, okay, I better, I better buckle down here. So I got a sweet tooth too. They got a ton of desserts that are great and low calories. It's just an easy way to, to you know, eat 
healthy. Well, you guys are obviously great accountability partners to each other in, in life, in parenthood, when it comes to dieting and exercise. Uh, to close out this, this whole thing, uh, Ashley always has a really fun game that she plays with our guests. But before we do, I, I like to do two things with you. One is ask you one final question and then give you the stage for a second. Um, but my last final question for you is for anybody out there listening who doesn't get to follow you on Instagram. Can you just take a, a few minutes here and explain your kids to the listeners one by one? Oh, oh man. Fun. Yeah. So, are we doing this together? Is it a joint venture? I'd say a joint yeah. venture. I know All you right. guys are busy. I know you don't have a lot of time left, so I want to make sure that we, we yeah. get this in. Okay, so Samuel is extremely intelligent. He's very sensitive. He is beyond obsessed with animals. From day one, he's mm. only cared about animals and not like in a in like a fun, like silly way. It's like a very focused um He reads an encyclopedia of animals every single like day. Like that's his that's what he wants to do. Like, we're like, okay, it's quiet time. He sits in his room and lines up his animals and says, this is like the sea. And so then he reads them and he's like, this animal does this. He eats this. He does, he's not the same as this. So he is very intentional on his animals. And it's a, been a really, really cool thing because he, he challenges us on that. Like he mm -hmm. knows that sometimes we get it wrong obsessed with samuel super he's, sensitive so loving so friendly he's never met a stranger he crawls in bed with us every morning around 4 a.m <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah you don't even realize he's in it until you roll over and you roll into him uh, <laughs> but he's just the sweetest kid he always says daddy you're the best daddy here i love you daddy like just a very very sweet uh mild-mannered kid which is awesome yeah he's very sweet not Isaiah. Isaiah is more of a brute. He doesn't speak so much, but he's really, really trying. I would say that sometimes I, and sometimes I post this on Instagram where Samuel has this wealth of knowledge about things and he loves to share it with us. And so there's Samuel saying like, Euclocephalus, there's a type of dinosaur, Euclocephalus. And then Isaiah's around here like this, like he's like so proud of himself. <laughs> something ridiculous and not not impressive whatsoever but he's so proud of himself uh he's so sweet he's so happy all the time yeah you he wake wants... wake him up from a nap a lot of kids will go crazy when you wake him up always happy always Love, smiling so happy oh, Love so nice you're always kissing her he's Aww. very tender and very gentle with her although he'll like run into something and hit his head and laugh about it like that's he's, amazing it's very like um a very dichotomous relationship with himself. Like just, I'm going to go run into something in the wall, laugh about it, and then go really sweetly and kindly to my little sister and kiss her. Um, he wants to do everything his big brother does. Um, and his favorite food is soup, which makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whose favorite food is soup? He only wants to eat soup. Okay. Now Mia. And then Mia. Mia is such a wonderful baby. She is so happy she's around chaos constantly because her two older brothers are acting like two toddler boys um she is she i think she's going to be very decisive she's very particular she'll tell you what she likes and what she doesn't like which is very different from the boys at that age loves her daddy loves her daddy mm. he, she's definitely going to say daddy first um and yeah she's she's up for anything she has 
gone a long time without having naps and having the right schedule because her brothers and all the things that we do interrupt her, but she's always happy and we cannot wait to see what type of person she grows. And she'll be tough, um, but she will be loved. Mm. That's That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Well, hey, uh, thank you for sharing all of this. Ashley has 30 seconds of rapid fire. I have one final closeout for you guys. We have one minute left. Ashley, take it away. Okay. You talk about how ice cream determines a person's personality. What is your favorite ice creams and what does that mean about you? Cookies and cream. Cookies and cream. It means he's kind of just like a guy's guy in my, okay. in my yeah. research. Okay. In my I see research, this. I a lot yes. Um, and mine is, I love vegan ice cream. Like it sounds lame, but I really don't like ice cream unless it's vegan. Um, that means you're from Seattle. <laughs> yeah. Or it means you don't want to have some digestive issues afterward. That's true. <laughs> she does get that. No, I, As I get older, <laughs> I can't handle ice cream anymore. <laughs> ridiculous okay next question (laughs) um going off of that has there ever been a tweet or something that sean has put out about your family where he's very sarcastic about it that you actually were like that crossed the line there was i think there was one that i was like you need to take that down i can't remember what it was but he usually if it's like skirting a line he'll check with me first um it's okay and i'll usually say yeah that's dumb but whatever um but he gets so much like praise for his tweets and his instagram i kind of like to deflate his i've been off for a, a while now why have you been off twitter because it's toxic and it's absolutely depressing getting on there and just reading people yelling at each other. I, I was over it. I would like to get back on just to tell my little dad jokes, but <laughs> I maybe I, jokes. I need to be one of those weird people that don't follow anyone just because I don't want to read the, the BS. Yeah. And so write my little jokes. When I was looking through Twitter, your Twitter last night to, you know, do this interview, I was like, I have been without Sean tweet Sean Lode tweets since June, and I hadn't realized it until now. That bad? You didn't even notice, so you're, you're fine. <laughs> okay. Last question is: What is your favorite piece of furniture from your Wayfair line? Oh, oh thank question. you for asking. Oh gosh, there's so many. Well, the OG is our pit, the Chelsea. Mm-hmm. But I like the Veda. That's mine. I like the Veda. Yeah, I would have to say the Chelsea sectional, which we've deemed the pit. It's just, it's huge. It's like eight feet by eight feet. And it was kind of the piece that launched our business. And, uh, you know, four years later, we're so proud of what we've built. So it's, but, it's kind of cool to look back. It started with that one piece and now we've, we've got a, a, an entire collection. But if you like to nap, the Lux is like the absolute. Yeah, they're all big, oversized, super comfy. Check them out. Awesome. They're really nice. I was looking at the collection last night. Thank you. Well, hey, Catherine and Sean, we know you're busy. We know you got to go. Um, final thing to close out, a five-second message to anybody listening uh, of encouragement that you guys want to pass on to any listeners. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm starting? Yeah. Uh, I always say, oh, gosh. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start preaching. James 4.14 says, life is but a vapor. This crazy world we live in will be gone in a blink of an eye. Your life is not that long in terms of eternity. So let's start looking at things from an eternal perspective. Love your neighbor. That's a good, That's a good one. I feel like just, I think people don't know how loved they are and how capable they are of doing things. So if you're scared about doing something or you feel alone, just know that you're loved and you're capable. 
You guys are great. Hey, follow along with Ashley and I. This has been Sean and Catherine on the In-Depth Podcast. We appreciate them a lot. We celebrate them as a family. Follow along with my league, guys, okay? You'll get it. It's easy. With that, I've been Ben. I've been Ashley. We're Sean and Catherine. Yeah. Yeah, That works. Hey, we'll talk to you later, guys. That's great. Follow the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous Podcast on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Childproofing people's homes is hard, but Duracell is making it just a bit simpler. Not only are they committed to educating parents, caregivers, and medical professionals about the importance of battery safety, they also make the only lithium coin batteries with a non-toxic bitter coating to help discourage children from swallowing them. Duracell even features child-secure packaging designed to avoid accidental opening. Learn more at Duracell.com slash power safely, available on 2032, 2025, and 2016 sizes. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plans starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended silver unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines. All on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cash back isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And did I mention there are no fees, period. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank member FDIC. Simplify your life with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. Stay connected anywhere and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Navigate easily by powering apps like real-time GPS and voice assistant. Keep everyone entertained with Wi-Fi for up to 10 devices. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. Discover the convenience and see if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity roadblock your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road. Don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required.